0: Welcome to Timeless Treasures from God's Word, a preaching ministry of the late Reverend Howard E. Tucker, former pastor of the Calvary Presbyterian Church in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania, whose radio ministry was heard for many years on KDKA every Sunday night. Voiced by his son Timothy, we hope these messages will inspire and challenge you and bring many to a saving knowledge of Christ as Savior. Now, here's Tim.
1: Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us tonight as we study God's Word together. We're going to be looking at uh, one of the other dispensations in the Scriptures, there's seven of them, and tonight we're going to be talking about the dispensation of law, which is from Exodus chapter 19 to the crucifixion of Christ. It's a message my father gave on the radio some years ago. He was a graduate of Wheaton College and Dallas Theological Seminary, and you can listen to other broadcasts or podcasts that we've done by taking your smartphone or computer, and in the search bar, just type in timeless treasures from God's Word. What Dr. Schofield in his reference Bible says, a dispensation is a period of time during which man is tested in respect of obedience to some specific revelation of the will of God. In other words, it is how God ran things in various ages. Sometimes people are afraid of being called dispensationalists, but actually Christians are dispensationalists whether they want to be or not. If Christians do not bring animals to their churches to be offered in blood sacrifices, they are dispensationalists. If Christians worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day, instead of on Saturday, they are dispensationalists. If you believe there is a difference between law and grace, you are dispensationalist. Sometimes people claim to be premillennialists, but not dispensationalists. Such is impossible because the very term premillennialist shows that there is going to be another age or dispensation after this one. Sometimes people are surprised that our good Presbyterian Charles Hodge in his three-volume work on systematic theology distinguishes at least four dispensations. All Christians need to be reminded that Paul insists in Second 2 Timothy 2.15 that we must be rightly dividing the word of truth. All Scripture is for us and helpful but portions may not be about us as such primarily. A study of the dispensations for the first time often makes the Bible clear to Christians with open minds for the Holy Spirit's teaching. Now, very simply, the seven dispensations are innocence, conscience, human government, promise, law, grace, and millennial kingdom. The last four weeks, we have considered the dispensation of innocence in Genesis 1 through 3, the dispensation of conscience, Genesis chapters 3 through 8, the dispensation of human government, Genesis 8 through 11, and the dispensation of promise, Genesis 12 to Exodus chapter 19. Well, tonight we deal with the fifth one, the dispensation of law, from Exodus chapter 19 to the crucifixion of Christ. When we come to the dispensations, we can usually delineate them very carefully in time. However, in our dispensation tonight we must be aware of one difference. It is primarily from the giving of the law by God to Moses at Mount Sinai until the crucifixion of Christ on the cross of Calvary. But I believe it also includes in its scope the seven years of tribulation between the rapture or the catching up of the true church into heaven when Christ returns in the air for his own and the revelation or the coming of Christ to the earth in great power and glory to put down all enemies and to establish the prophesied millennial kingdom. Israel's clock stopped ticking at the cross, but will start again at the rapture and will continue until Daniel's predicted 70th week of years ends. Remember now that in the last week's study and in tonight's study, we are dealing not so much with the human race as with the chosen race. Man in general twice completely failed God and was judged by him, and he has now chosen the Jews as his own people. The law is given to them and not to the world as such in general. Remember also that too often people think of the law as simply the Ten Commandments, and that is not so. The Ten Commandments given to condition their moral life were the first and the briefest part of the three aspects of the law. In the second aspect were the judgments to condition their social life, and most laws today are based upon them. In the third aspect were the ordinances to condition their religious life. Under promise, things were relatively simple, but here they are most complex. Under promise, as previously, the head of the family acted as the priest in offering blood sacrifices. Unfortunately, their glorious promises were insufficient to keep them out of sin or trouble, and they ended up down in Egypt in bondage, and God had to provide a deliverer in Moses. A quick survey of his life prior to the giving of the law would include his being spared at birth when Jewish male babies were being killed by the Egyptians, his being raised at the court of Pharaoh, or king of Egypt, for forty years, his forty years as a shepherd in the area of Midian, his call by God at the miracle of the burning bush, his contest with Pharaoh, his, his Passover experience, when the firstborn in Egypt were slain by an angel of God, while the Jews were spared because of the application of the blood of the slain lamb upon their doors, In his leading of the Jews in their exodus from Egypt, including the pillar of cloud and fire, the miracle of the Red Sea dividing to let them cross, the manna provision, and the water provision, as he struck the rock with his rod at God's command. Together with the giving of the law, other conditions were laid down for the Jews. Now blood sacrifices were to be incorporated with a priesthood over them from a particular family. Now that tabernacle plans were given to Moses. And this would be their movable place of worship, with the priesthood tied up minutely with it. You see, in spite of their bold declaration in exchanging gracious promise for the law in Exodus 19, they discovered that the law condemned them at every turn. And to be forgiven for sin, they had to bring the blood sacrifices to the tabernacle area, where the priests would offer them upon the brazen altar of continual burnt offerings. In spite of the first and second commandments and other special warnings against idolatry, which is spiritual adultery, the Jews repeatedly were ensnared by it. Even when Moses was up in the mountain in the presence of God receiving the law, they impatiently made the golden calf to worship in Exodus 32, and God almost wiped them out because of this great sin. In fact, 3,000 did die, and only the intercession of Moses caused God to spare the remainder of the nation. Their failure in regard to idolatry in marriages with the heathen, contrary to God's commands, were numerous throughout the history of their nation. The chief failure of this particular generation, delivered from their Egyptian bondage, took place at Kadesh Barnea, as recorded in Numbers 14. The spies had been sent into the promised land and brought back similar reports but conflicting opinions as to what they should do. God told them to go into the land he had promised them, and to advance against their foes. Only the minority of Caleb and Joshua had the faith to recommend this. The majority of the spies recommended retreat, and so filled the people with fear that they murmured against Moses and Aaron, and started to choose other leaders to take them back to Egypt. When Moses, Aaron, Caleb, and Joshua pled with them to obey God, they started to stone them. Immediately, the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle so that everyone knew that God was present with them. He told Moses he would wipe out the nation entirely and raise up a new nation from him and the few that were faithful to him. Only the tremendous intercession of Moses once more saved them. But God told them that instead of entering the promised land, they would wander in the wilderness 40 years and die there. Only Caleb and Joshua would be spared to lead a new generation into the Promised Land. This is exactly what happened. Well, the remainder of the Old Testament comes under the dispensation of law, and also the four Gospels up until the crucifixion of Christ, when the dispensation of grace begins, which, Lord willing, we'll consider next week. The Jews so failed God that often He permitted Gentile nations to defeat them, and finally they were carried away into captivity by the Gentiles. A remnant was permitted to return to the land later, but always under the heel of Gentile powers. The Assyrian Empire conquered the northern kingdom when the division of the United Kingdom took place after the death of Solomon. The Babylonian Empire conquered the southern kingdom. The remnant was permitted to return under the Median Persian Empire. Then, following the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire, in which christ was born and died the cross of course was the supreme failure of god's people israel unto the law if they had been in right relationship with god they would have known that christ was god's son and their promised messiah just as down through the centuries they had failed through unbelief so with christ they did likewise rejecting him and demanded that he be crucified by the roman authorities We've suggested that in considering a dispensation, you can think of the four things of man's state, man's responsibility, man's failure, and God's judgment. The first three aspects we have seen tonight and the fourth partially. It was not until 70 AD that Jerusalem was desolated by Titus, the Roman. But after the resurrection of Christ, the preaching of the gospel was first to the Jews, and upon the rejection of Christ, his followers turned to the Gentiles, many of whom received Christ as Saviour as well as some Jews. Today, there is no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles in God's sight, and all must turn in faith to Christ, or not make it to God at all. If you have never done so, your condition is absolutely helpless and hopeless. Trust Christ right now, without delay. If you are a believer in Christ, then praise God that you are not under the law, but under grace and that in his eternal plans, he always has the solution for man's sin. So let the Holy Spirit use you to reach others with the gospel, that they too may know Christ as their Savior. If you never have received Christ as your personal Savior, why not come to Jesus right now? In your hearts before God, just confess to him and admit that you're a sinner, that you're lost, that you deserve his judgment, and repent or turn away from your sins and follow Christ from this moment on believing He died on the cross and shed His precious blood so that your sins could be forgiven. He took all your sins upon the cross with Him so you would not have to bear the judgment of them in in hell forever. And then believe in your heart that He rose again from the dead on the third day to prove once and for all that He is the Son of God, that He will save you if you place your faith and trust in Him. So before another moment goes by, why not now, right now, ask Christ to be your Savior?
0: Thank you for tuning in tonight. We hope and pray this message was a blessing to you. You may receive a free written copy by emailing us at tptuck51 at gmail.com or by calling 412-337-3858. Our mailing address is Timeless Treasures from God's Word, 147 Crescent Garden Drive, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, one five two three five. Please join us next week at this time over this fine radio station, Word FM. Till then, walk with the Lord in the light of His Word.